Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the SBT Podcast Show. I am with my guys here, Sam and Vince. How are you guys doing today? Hey, what's up? Shiny. And like usual, ones and twos, Tim is uh, with us today. How are you doing today, Tim? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I think I'm more a one than a two today, but, uh, you know, I, I got I to gotta get warmed up, though. Uh, I'll get ones well, and twos by the end of the show. It'll be fun. Ones, ones are generally quicker, so uh, feeling lighter on your feet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Two, twos take a while. You got to really just sit there and uh, really work on it. <laughs> Grit my so, teeth. <laughs> just, yeah, just grunt your way through it. <laughs> Damn, why are you depressed? Oh, uh, you know why. My team lost. 49ers lost. The A's still I mean, suck. I mean, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, just to give everyone a rundown, this week's episode, we got NFL's back, baby. Uh, all official. We pretty much have played all games. Seattle and um, Denver are currently playing as we are recording. Bunch of baseball news this week. We're making the, uh, the mad dash here for the playoffs. Uh, there's been some unions that are coming together for baseball and a lot of some rule changes have been into the mix as well, too. And then, um, you know, we got a little nugget here in the end, but uh, we'll, we'll save that uh, for the uh, extra points that we got going on today. So, um, Vince, you want to give us a rundown for scores? Sounds great. OK, so on Thursday to open up the season, Buffalo all over the Los Angeles Rams on their banner hanging day, 31 to 10. Uh, as we move on to Sunday scores. Uh, Baltimore beat the Jets 24 to nine. Uh, Miami beat New England 20 to seven. Uh, Houston and Indianapolis tied. We can talk briefly about that. I'm just I'm, I'm surprised uh, Houston went for the tie. They punted on fourth and one instead of trying to win it like a bunch of cowards and losers. But here we are. Um, <laughs> Cleveland squeaks by Carolina 26, 24. Washington beat Jacksonville 28-22. Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati 23-20 in overtime. New Orleans squeezes by Atlanta 27-26. Kansas City all over Arizona 44-21. Minnesota beat Green Bay 23-7. The Giants squeak past Tennessee 21-20. Tampa Bay beating the hell out of the Cowboys 19-3. And and as Tyler said, we have Monday night game in progress as we record Denver uh, in Seattle and that game is underway. So let's talk about our teams, though. Uh, first up is Tyler, your boys, Eagles uh, outlast Detroit 38 35. How are you feeling and what did you see? What did you like? Yeah, man, Jalen. Um, I'm going to say he improved from last year. He, he seems to be having a better understanding of reading the defense and checking it down to uh, when I need to run and when do I need to throw it out of here. So um, I know it's only one game, you know, and we did play the, the, the lions here. So lowered expectations, but I mean, golf is still a pretty decent quarterback, you know, and he had some great weapons. He's got DJ Chark over there. He's got uh, Amon St. Brown over there. So, and he's got, you know, kind of a two headed monster in the running back position here with Swift and, and um, John Blank, the other gentleman's name. Uh, um, anyways, point being is that they still got, he's, he's still a top, no, I wouldn't say top quarterback, but he's still a good quarterback. And with weapons like that, it was going to be a shootout and it ended up being one. Um, but AJ Brown is everything that the Eagles could have possibly wanted and more. Um, he pretty much was the target the whole entire game. And I, there wasn't one pass, one pass thrown to uh, his former number one right receiver over there. Uh, I really thought Devontae Smith was going to get into the offense a little bit more. Threw up a goose egg. Um, but, hey, that's this is why you go out and get a, uh, AJ Brown. And I'm happy for it, man. I One win in the books, that's all it takes. I'd rather be in the W than be in the L immediate impact aj brown on that immediate offense that's that that's what you hope for that's what you traded for him for and that's what you got um uh fortunately for you that's that's awesome uh sam you were talking about your um deep depression about the raiders um the raiders ended up losing 24 19 uh what did you see what what, what was going on with your guys well the the first half was just a nightmare um, self-inflicted wounds, turnovers, um, 
zero identity on offense for, you know, a majority of the game. Um, the offensive line was definitely, you know, I think they gave up five sacks, um, you know, which you, you're not going to win any games with giving up five sacks. And um, the Raiders front seven didn't do enough uh, against the Chargers. Um, I think one of the positive things is towards the end of the game, uh, the game was already over, but they finished strong. So it's like one of those things you hope you could carry over into the following week. Um but just uh, you know, you hate to say it, it's like same old Raiders. The 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 penalties, uh, the stupid plays, um, you know, their their big prized uh wide receiver getting into a, a basically a, almost a fist fight, you know. <laughs> um, you know, just things like that. Um, you know, really Derek Carr uh didn't look very good, but the pocket wasn't holding up. He didn't really have a lot of throwing space, he didn't really, you know, he, he he couldn't really do a lot. And I, I hate to take that side of it because I don't want to make excuses for Derek Carr. He's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a big year for him. Um, he's supposed to be matched up with the offensive genius and Josh McDaniels. So obviously they have to play better, but I'm really worried about that offensive line. Cause they looked uh, awful, you know, and <laughs> didn't look good offense on the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, credit to the Chargers too. I mean that that team looks. Uh, it's only one game, but uh, a lot of people were were putting them in as a possible Super Bowl contender, and uh, and they showed up. They were ready to go. Everybody except Mike Williams. Uh, Keenan Allen got injured too in that game. So um, Gerald Everett came away uh, looking looking a lot better uh, before going. You know, before he was going into the game. So. Yeah, man. I'm getting hurt, killed by my fantasy in one of my leagues. <laughs> I'm already thin at the wide receiver position. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ger Gerald Everett saved my day, made me lose by not nearly as much as I would have otherwise. So, uh, so that there's that. <laughs> well, you can look at it this way, though, Sam. You may be depressed, but Joe Burrow was negative points in fantasy football and you ended up beating me this week. Well, he was negative and then he, he was negative for a majority of the game until he got to the fourth quarter in overtime. Uh, I think he put up like a 15 or something like something of that nature in our league. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, that was the third game that I really watched. Uh, you know, we'll get to the 49ers in a second, but Raiders uh, chargers and uh, Pittsburgh Bengals uh, is what we were really tuned into um, with the, just to close off on the Raiders. I think it, it's just one of those things. Um, the disappointment of it just seemed like they didn't even get off the bus again. You know, it was just like that first half didn't get out, didn't wake up until the game was over. Um, and, you know, some of the big, uh, the, the big additions offensively and defensively didn't really uh, show up this week. Um, so that is uh, definitely a concern, um, but definitely got to wake up sooner than late third quarter. <laughs> and then uh, the Bengals, man, Joe Burrow, he looked terrible for three quarters, and they should have won that game. Uh, the Bengals should have won. They had that game won at regulation, and he blew the extra kick. Um, so that was definitely a crazy game, but Joe Burrow is for real because um, he could look like crap for three quarters and uh, be the MVP of the fourth quarter. So that was a, that was a fun game to watch. And uh, T.J. Watt possibly out for the year uh, yeah, torn, yeah. Uh, torn, torn pack yeah yep. yeah that's that's a that's a huge blow to the Steelers uh yep. defense I mean none of us had had them making the playoffs but I tell you what it wouldn't have shocked me if they ended up you know squeezing into the seventh seed again their right. defense looked pretty good yeah I mean, and I mean but you lose uh TJ Watt and that's yeah. that's a huge blow and huge I don't I don't know huge. how they overcome that um they always say the cliche is next man up, but the the next man up like it pales in I mean, comparison. The, the to drop what off, is. the drop off of TJ Watt to the next guy. That's like the 49ers lo losing Bosa. I mean, the, yeah. the drop off is so significant that you know. I mean, how many sacks did he have last year? <laughs> like, yeah, pressures. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the dude's a game wrecker. Um, just like Bosa. So you lose him. You're, you're losing one of the few guys that is possibly being mentioned 
Because we know a, a defensive player is not going to win MVP, but those guys are like the closest guys that are going to be be the defensive MB, MVP. Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, so now it's my turn, and the 49ers go into Chicago. Uh, they lead 10 nothing and end up losing 19-10. Um, it was uh, – the Niners kept – shooting themselves in their own foot, man. Uh, Debo had a fumble inside the 10 yard line uh, that, and early in the game, uh, the the bears were able to, were not able to, you know, do anything with it on that case, but uh, they just let the bears hang around. They were hanging around and wouldn't you know, it comes the second half. Suddenly um, Justin Fields is able to escape containment and start making some plays. Um, he looked okay. Um, Trey Lance, we uh, he he made a couple of really good plays that Jimmy does not make. So I'm uh, there's a lot of people already talking online on Twitter about how maybe they should go to Jimmy, and I'm here to say shut the fuck up because that's <laughs> not happening. Uh, if Jimmy was quarterbacking, I could still see the Niners getting you know up to a ten point lead. Uh, but it would have been in a vastly different, more boring, less, uh, less exciting manner. I mean, it would have been a dink and dunk drive uh, into the end zone and then like, you know, a drive stalling out at the 25 or 30. Um, but with Trey Lance, you get the excitement of those deep bombs. Uh, he connected on a few of them. He had like a 45 yard uh, play and, and there was a couple of other ones that went pretty significantly and that's what you brought in Trey Lance for was for the big play so um the weather was horrendous it was probably the worst weather of any of the games happening uh it was really downpouring right before the game started it stopped kind of for like the first half but then when the rain started picking up again in the second half um it was like any any chance of unique special plays uh, we're boiled down to luck at the, at that point. I don't, um, you look at, uh, the kicker for the bears, Cairo Santos, he missed two extra points and, uh, he, they were in position to kick a field goal at one point. Um, but then they got called for a penalty cause they were using a towel to, to, to dry, to try and dry out a patch of grass for him, but you can't do that. So that was a weird penalty that I had never seen called before. So, um, I don't blame him for trying it, but also yeah, if you can't do it, you know, you got penalized. That penalty brought him out of uh, field goal range in that instance. That feels uh, like I a look- Patriots move, to be honest exactly. with you. Yeah, well, I, at least the Patriots clearing out that patch of grass uh, for the um, tuck rule game. At least they were using their feet and whatever. Like, you know, they weren't, uh, you know, I don't know what was going on there. Sorry, Sam. I know we shouldn't uh, shouldn't be talking about that game with Sam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, but, my biggest... Uh, my biggest uh, three takeaways, though, for those 49ers, because I, I, I want to touch on it because you, you touched about you talked about Debo and that wide receiver that fumble. Mm-hmm. That was such a tough fumble for him. And yeah. I apologize. Oh, I yeah, don't know if you guys I, hear their sirens driving by. Oh, like, yeah, the, we hear them. Um, Oakland's finest. Yeah. Hold, <laughs> uh, so the penalties, the Niners like yeah. had was it 12 penalties, well over 100 yards in penalty yards. Um, those are the things. And, and a lot of these were self-inflicted. Um, you. I mean, uh, it was a sloppy track, um, but uh, you can't hit a quarterback in the head, you know, especially if he's going down, you can't hit the quarterback at all. So um, Al Shire had one. um, Dre Greenlaw had a couple of those penalties. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? But like, it's, it it was just, um, it was a terrible, like uh, they were dominating the game too for the first two and a half quarters, but they weren't dominating on the scoreboard. And then that's what happens in the NFL. You let somebody hang around, even a bad team, they can make you pay eventually. And that's what happened. The Niners are going to take, take this, uh, take the game tape and really just, uh, I can imagine Kyle Shanahan just peeling the paint off the walls um, using only his voice uh, for this coming week. So here we go. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing was that the 49ers defense looked great in the first half. I mean, they were, making fields all over the place and, you know, antsy in the pocket, you know, fields did a good job at, at scattering, but that defense just gave up at the second half. And then 
that was a big problem to me. The other problem with me is that when Mitchell went out, it seemed like the whole game plan went out the window and like the running game disappeared, the flow of the offense disappeared. And then you combine that with, with those reckless penalties. It felt like you were watching like the Raiders of old, you know? So. Yeah. Um, I think about, um, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. is was uh, stepped in as the backup running back once Mitchell went down, and I like he he's somebody who's capable of putting up like you know respectable fantasy days or whatever. But I just uh, the eyeball test he was not passing the eyeball test at all. He just did not look good. Yeah. Uh, um. It like I, I didn't even check what the stats were, but every time he got the ball, I was just it was uninspired. Uh, uh, an uninspired play. So that was. That was my big takeaway too on the, on the running back say, uh, segment. Yeah, definitely. Did you guys want to add any more to your uh, wonderful teams here? Raiders going to get it next week. 49ers yeah. going to get it next week. I'm not worried about your two teams. I think they'll be fine. I, I wanted to add to the 49ers stuff. Yeah, is, go ahead. Um, I think defensively, uh, they look great in the first half, obviously. And I, I think this is a, a game lost because of the defense. I really don't think you can look at Trey Lance and judge him or the offense really off of this. Unfortunately, I think a lot of 49er fans were talking about this. One of the biggest concerns that I had going into this season is, and I'm, I remember uh, talking to Tyler about this off air um, when we were hanging out one time, is you essentially got a rookie quarterback uh, starting for the first time hasn't started in a few years because his college season was canceled. Um, so he didn't get to really get reps there. Um, the other, um, so you have a rookie quarterback and you think you're just going to plug this guy in and win a bunch of football games because you got all this talent around him. Um, but you didn't really fix the running game. Um, you were depending on Trey Lance, Debo Samuel and Eliza Mitchell being kind of your running game. Um, but just putting Debo Samuel there and, and thinking that he's going to be able to do exactly or better what he did last year. Last year was one of the rarest seasons a wide receiver can have, or this wide back as, as Debo calls it, um, is so rare. Uh, you know, the opposition has a year to prepare for what Debo did and the running game with Debo Samuel there didn't look very good. So I think one of the, the things that the 49ers should have done a better job at in the off season is getting more running backs. There was quite a bit of uh, veteran running backs that they could have gotten on the free agent market on the cheap. Um, I mean, Kareem hunt was available. Uh, Kenyon Drake was available. Uh, they're still available. Uh, uh, he's, he, he's, he's in no, Baltimore. He, signed, he went to Baltimore. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, so, I mean, it, it are those guys what they what they are they like uh bell cow running backs right now maybe they're not the number one option every single down running back but you give some relief to the rookie quarterback you know and i, I just don't think they have a running game which is the number one thing uh, that our, a young quarterback will need the other thing is offensively brandon Ayuk got what three targets yeah, like he, need, the whole he needs game? more. Um, he needed to get targeted. Yeah, more. that's something they were talking about, like um, the, the the bond that Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk have. But yeah, we didn't see it this week. Nothing. Um, and and um, honestly, like George Kittle not being there, yeah. George Kittle's going to help in the in the in the blocking game uh, because their offensive line looked like dog shit too. Uh, their offensive line did not look good. I would yeah. put the Bears as a above average front seven. I'm not putting them in the top five, you know, they still got some good players defensively. Um, but that offensive line did not look good and they did not do anything in the draft or free agency to add a whole lot. They let guys go. They yeah. let solid guys go walk. They didn't even try. So um, I think this is really, you can't end the rain. I mean, you, yeah. you can't, uh, you know, you, you could see the ball squirting out of both their hands. Um, the ball wasn't coming out. I don't, I don't think you could have had any quarterback in that rain uh, throwing daggers um, across the field. So to say that Trey Lance can't pass or can't do this, 
Um, the rain affected that. And the the biggest thing that the 49ers needed to put points on the board was be able to run the ball when they had the lead um, to keep to keep the Bears away from it, uh, from scoring, you know. So the Bears, they they won the game. As soon as that weather hit, that you know, they saw that as their golden opportunity. So um yeah. there was a, um, there was a lot of things. I don't think this is going to um kill the 49ers aspirations. Um uh, you know, I think it's going to be one of those things that uh, it, I, I think it might be one of those good losses, you know, that you are vulnerable and the defense needs to play like that first half every quarter, because I, I, I really don't think offensively that the 49ers are going to be so much better than other teams. I think you'll see a couple games where they, they blow a couple teams out because everything is firing on all cylinders, but I don't think that's going to be week in week out. I think you're you're looking at something like uh, the Ravens. You know, you're going to be a defensive team. You're going to be winning, you know, 17-10, 17-13, you know, 21-17. I think it's going to be tight games for the 49ers because the running game, um, you know, already injuries on the offensive line, a lack of depth on the offensive line. So that's kind of where my head is at. I just, I just had one question for you, Vince, before we move on here. Okay. Just one quick, quick question. All right. Do you think the 49ers would trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Cowboys? No. Depends what they're getting back, but I don't think the Cowboys make that trade because it's going to take a couple of weeks to digest a playbook. Um, you're going to – so we're looking at Jimmy G. If they'd made the trade tomorrow morning, um, Jimmy would – get the playbook like obviously immediately he'd have to start learning it he would not be able to play a game for them probably until week four week five at the earliest and i think about when the niners traded for jimmy you know a few years ago he ended up playing the last five games for the niners but they got him with like nine with eight or nine games to go so it took three or four weeks uh, before jimmy was ready to go and just learning a new playbook it takes time so and if you're talking week five and the early end of Dak's injury, um, the early end of the timeline for him to come back is six weeks. So you're talking week seven could be the soonest he's back. Um, it doesn't make sense to trade for Jimmy for two games. So, um, yeah. So I, I think Dallas just has to ride this injury out. And it could be the end of Mike McCarthy's uh, time as Dallas head coach. He should have been fired a long time ago. He should have been fired at the end of last year. <laughs> well, but he never should have been hired. That's the other part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, Everybody yeah. knew this was happening. Everybody yeah. knew the Cowboys just hired the biggest, like, non-exciting hire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. I agree All with right. that. All right, fellas. Well, time to move into the old MLB here. Your boy got to go to a game on Saturday. Um, I actually did go to an A's game this year, so the streak continues. I have gone ever since I've moved to Oakland. Um, I got to sit diamond level the first time I've ever got to do that in my life. And, oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah, it, we got. I was super close to the players. You know, I was one row behind home plate. Um, unlimited food unlimited drinks alcohol you only get three though but everything else was unlimited if you want something that wasn't on the menu say you want cotton candy some dude next to me asked for asked for cotton candy they went and got him cotton candy and came down for it except for when you ask for a bag i asked for a bag three times i didn't get a damn bag <laughs> but other than that it was cool um a's loss so not a shocker yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I think they ended up winning yesterday. I don't know what the final was yesterday. Sunday yesterday. Sunday was 10-3, I think, was the final. Um, oh. It was uh, – uh, that was the only win they had the entire week uh, was Sunday's game for Dave Stewart's uh, Jersey Retirement Day. So um, so that's good. You know, I mean, they, they were able to give Dave a win on his day. Um, it, was, it was an ugly week otherwise. Yeah, I mean, 0-2 versus Atlanta, 1-3 versus the White Sox. Yeah, the game I went to was like Elvis Andrews' uh, revenge game. He hit like a three-run homer, and he went like three for four. It was insane. I was yeah. like, where were you all season for the A's? Well, I mean, he was toiling around in in the cellar, you know, with the A's. That's what's happening there. Um, yeah, it's it, it's been rough this year. It's It really has. Um, as an A's fan, it's just not been fun. 
I think all. the only positive news coming out of Oakland A's baseball is this uh, Howard Terminal news. There's a little bit of progress made over the past week, which was um, a judge ruled in the A's favor that, you know, the environmental impact report has satisfied a, a majority of, of, you know, what the city, the state is asking for. Um, and that uh, the, the judge had a comment of, of something to the effect of like um, the the lawsuit was saying it's not a perfect solution. And, this, and, and the judge was saying, well, you can't ask for something perfect. You need to ask for something that um, for now, like, is it a good solution right now? Um, so there was like some questions uh, of lights and wind and, you know, some, you know, just stuff to stop the stadium. And this is all being sponsored by Schnitzel Steel. Um, you know, they, they go by this uh, East Bay Alliance thing and it, it's all funded by Schnitzel Steel, who's like, the worst polluters in California. So keep a, a, a company that puts metric tons of waste into the water or clean Just it up and poison, put a ballpark. Yeah, poisoning West Oakland for you know set decades. for decades. Decades. Fucking decades, man. Like it's it, it it's been disgusting uh what they've done to try to like I mean it, 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 I get that there's some legitimate criticisms and some questions that have to be asked about about putting a ballpark uh, at the waterfront. I understand that and we should ask those questions. But the way that they're going about it just like straight up lies and deceit and uh just like just underhanded dirty tricks the East Oakland Stadium Alliance it's really just like their Twitter manager like exactly. changing accounts. It's it's disgusting uh what they're doing and it's all just so that they can keep poisoning they're the arguing- residents. They're arguing to keep it a parking lot. They're arguing to keep a piece of prime real estate where there's, you know, bayfront views, open walkways that would open up all this stuff um, for citizens, a year-round park, a district, housing, um, you know, or keep it a parking lot. You know, that's insane. That's insane that we're even having this debate. Like you said, Vince, we should we should consider all things, you know, how to make it safe. There are those train tracks there. Um, you know, there's uh, some street maintenance things that need to happen. And, you know, the city is, is really arguing for this community benefits package. Like what, what outside of the ballpark, what else is it going to do for the city? Um, I think we talked about this before, but there's like, um, a gym, um, that, that, uh, high schools will be able to rent for free, um, where they, you know, they could do shows. There's like a whole variety of things like a miniature Oracle arena, like a miniature, um, you know, theater space, music space. Um, you know, so there's all kinds of things. There's opening up the water waterways, um, there's two bridges, I think, that are connected, a pedestrian and a. Yeah, there's all a, kinds of. Yeah. All it, that stuff. I mean, you're talking this is for this site to be fully built out. It's going to be 10, 15 years. I mean, the amount of jobs turning a parking lot into a, a place that's a hub and bring real life back to John, Jack London Square um, is 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 great. Yeah. You know, uh, um. So that's the good news that I got for the Oakland A's. Yeah. Uh, that's um, like the I one mean, silver lining. J- Jack Lennon Square right now, uh, Plank must have a broken back because like they are carrying Jack Lennon Square right now. There's it, there's not a lot of other stuff going on there. They got the hotel and they got like a couple of other like smaller. Um, Oaklandish is over there. They do good work. But I mean, mm-hmm. like the business driver is like, it's just Plank really. That's about it. Like, so you don't, you so don't go to, you don't go to Kincaid's? There, I, I do not. No, no. I, I, I feel don't. like that restaurant's been there for ages, way before yeah. Plank's been built. So yeah, that's well, fair. <laughs> okay. Is, is this because that's just the way it was pre-pandemic or is that because of the pandemic, a bunch of shops had to like close up and now there's nah, Jack London Square there. has been kind of on life support for, I mean, they, they, yeah. the city of Oakland has tried to make it a happening thing. Like the last remodel, they changed some, some roads and put some, 
some things in. And that's kind of when Plank got in, um, was around that time. Uh, but it's been, it's been a problem for, for years. It just, it doesn't have enough going on. Well, and- to be fair, the, the Oakland also gives up on it. I mean, they built that big old industrial building just next to the, uh, to, you know, just a little like adjacent the parking from the lot. Yeah. 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 They built that big old building and down below was supposed to be a community area where they would do like a farmer's market or do like a, like a monthly, um, shopping thing where, you know, pop-up shops. And then they just gave up on it. They did it for like a year. And then that place is just empty. It's it's a ghost town inside of it. So it's not like the city of Oakland's really doing its part to try and build up that area as well. They kind yeah, of and if you oh, add yeah. the stadium, there, there's so much. There are some cool things going on there. Like there's Plank. Uh, there's the old fat lady. There's uh, quite a few bars uh, in that area. Um, and there's, there's breweries on the way. Uh, I forget, I, was it, uh, faction brewery, I think is, is opening up, um, mm-hmm. a big, uh, a big building there. Um, you know, so there's, there's some cool spots to go to there. I just think now it's going to, there's going to be more of it and it's going to be more accessible. Um, and you're going to have a place to go after a ball game. That's one of the biggest issues right now with the A's game is that you got nowhere to go before or after, you know, and it's going to suck to lose tailgating. I do hope that there is some type of um, uh, area where you can tell where you can park and tailgate. Um, That would be something I I really hope they keep. I haven't seen anything about that in the plan right now. Um, But I think this is a win-win for the A's building out their stadium but I think it's good for the for Jack London Square. I think it'll have a lot of people going to the games that end up in Jack London Square. And there's a ton of restaurants and places to go to in, in Chinatown and, you know, old Oakland and downtown Oakland. So all of these people are going to be migrating in uh, through BART, through there's all kinds of different ways that we talked about this on uh, uh this was must have been like 15 episodes or, or or so, Vince, when we were talking about the access to three BART stations as opposed yep. to one. Exactly. Where yep. you know you're gonna have all kinds of access to BART that allows you to go to other restaurants, bars, breweries, whatever. Um, so I actually think this is huge for the city of Oakland to create revenue. And you know, if if you're having events like this. And you start to look at what the Giants did. That that was a yeah. China terrible, Basin was a China Basin was terrible. Yeah. There was and now fucking look at it now. nothing. Yeah, it was nothing. It was crime. It was drugs. It was prostitution. It was it truly was really bad. And the Giants fixed it just by putting that stadium there and creating the buzz around it. It's a happening district in the city, and it's anchored by the Giants and and. You know, yeah, they won the three World Series, but as soon as they put that stadium there, thing a buzz started to happen. That buzz is not around the Coliseum, and I don't think it's really going to happen at the current site unless you got rid of one of the parking lots and you turn that into a micro district. This, it's, it would be like the same thing that the Angels were trying to do at their stadium. Like, it's surrounded by a parking lot. In Brody Brazil, shout out Brody. He did a great video on, like, stadium teams that are struggling and he showed their stadium and it's just they're all surrounded by parking lots like there's nothing to do around the stadium you know so uh modern baseball modern sports they're they're invested in the community they're literally surrounded by the community so people can walk up go to a restaurant or whatever before the game spend money at the game and then have something to do afterward how many times have you gone to a game a's game there's nowhere to go you literally have to leave yep yeah Yeah. i mean that's that's why stadiums like like st louis where it's literally built in the middle of the town like you're you're on the sidewalk you're looking in the stadium because the stadium kind of sits down a little bit but there's tons of things to do around Oh, wrigley fenway exactly um, even even the even the nationals you know the way they built theirs too the the gates literally open up to the streets to the public and you're right in town same with everything. Baltimore. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right there, right in the middle. And all right. Know, so uh, well, uh, I'll go, anybody? Well, I was going to say just all the traffic around the Coliseum 
is ridiculous and it's not it's not really built for that many cars to you know go through there so yeah mm-hmm. the encouraging and, and public there's already transportation been, encouraging people to stick around is going to be less already traffic. been uh there's already been uh you know this argument tim that the current site has bart then how come more people aren't going to the game like yeah. just because yeah. it's so close to bart you know so we know that that's not a selling point to go to an A's game. Oh, I could just BART. You know, it's right there. Yeah. Um, the people who are using BART, um, you know, they're yeah, they're commuting in, but now you you will literally have access to three BART stations. That's I think we mm-hmm. each BART station is like a, a the furthest one away. I think is a mile and a half, something yeah. of that nature. Yeah. So yeah, if you go to West, West Oakland, um, West Oakland's about a mile and a half, um, and that's if you're coming from across the bay, the peninsula. Um, and, and something like 35, 40% of, uh, attendees at A's baseball games are coming from there is that's what the um, study said. And then you have, you'll have like 12th street and that'll take anybody coming from the North and then from the East and South, you can hit like merit station and that's how that'll work. And so you got, you're spreading them all out right amongst three different stations. And it's, it's going to lessen that nightmare of a traffic jam when you're trying to escape on a crowded fireworks night or whatever. And, right. and everybody's just shoulder to shoulder. Um, you know, uh, my dad, it's also a better disbursement for, yeah. for, uh, for people that are on BART that are not going to the game yep. because how many yeah. times you're, you're on BART and you're coming back from the city and you're trying to get to something like San Leandro oh, and you, you have to go through the Coliseum it's and there's nightmare. all these ACE fans you know, there's all these fans on the BART. So it's going to make it better for BART. And I think revenue would go up for BART and they need the revenue. Um, you know, so, and, and BART is growing. They're going to be going all the way down to uh, past San Jose. Yeah. Hitting the Santa years. Clara. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It, yeah. everything just makes sense right now. As far as timing, it makes sense that the A's build at the Howard terminal where they have access to the three BART stations thin out the the crowd on BART um, and it'll help with th- the best way to get to the A's game. If it's at Howard terminal is through BART, you know, you're, you're not, re- it's not going to really be good to drive there because I, there are a certain amount of parking spaces they have to build, but it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a parking lot like what it is now. So it'd actually be yeah. better that you walk up or take BART. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be about a two beer walk. It'll be fine, guys. Yeah. You can handle it. I mean, the, it. it's this, fine. Honestly, this sounds like a special episode that we could do just like talking about. I mean, we covered a lot of it, but like there's so much that is positive about this. And like, I mean, Sam, it, it seems like you you like study this thing very closely. So, yeah, I yeah. do. I do watch a lot of like I said, I like the business of sports sometimes more than the actual sport itself especially yeah, I mean, when you're an ace fan because there's if, nothing if, to get excited about if there's a breaking news i think we, we shall dedicate an episode to it but you know until then we're just gonna feed everyone the nuggets that we get fed at the same time but if there's a breaking news like deal done shovels are coming think, out next I week i think it's at the end of the month or maybe the following month there's supposed to be a pretty big vote that could get the A's and the city of Oakland into a binding agreement right now. That's what they're trying to work on is get into a binding agreement. Once uh, they're in a, they're in that agreement. Now we're talking about the dates of shovels and architecture plans and engineering. That's where the fun starts to happen. Um, And we, they need to do that before this next election cycle because East Bay Alliance is already trying to sponsor people who are going to oppose it and basically say, you know i'm a newly elected person so i'm gonna have to go they're gonna want to start the process all over again um and that's unfortunately we're not trying to rush it but the environmental impact is done um they they need to start working on a deal you know they need to close the deal now um so we should we should be hearing about a if this is gonna work out or not in the next month or two absolutely um so let's let's move on. Let's let's put a pin in that because um, you know I'm, there's going to be plenty more to talk about that. Um, just real quickly, the Giants ended up uh, dropping two uh, two out of three to the Dodgers last week. They went to Milwaukee to play a doubleheader on Thursday and dropped both of those games, and then they went to Chicago and won two out of three. 
So uh, overall, they went three and five over the last seven days. Uh, they get a day off today. They're playing. Uh, they got three versus the Braves and three versus the Dodgers. All are at home. And the big news that actually broke earlier today, just before we started recording, was the Giants and Wilmer Flores agreed to a two-year, $13 million extension. And there's going to be a mutual third year um, included. So basically, if both the player and the team say, yeah, let's do this, let's run it back a, a third year, then that, that'll um, take effect. So uh, the, the Giants still have several players, including Brandon Belt and Jock Peterson, that are going to be free agents after next year. Um, so we'll see who gets signed and who they let walk um, from there. Brandon anyway, Belt, great career. See you later, bud. Yeah, Jock Peterson, he, though, I could see coming back for sure. I, I, I think Jock Peterson should be a priority for the Giants. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's I one also of the, think Jock Peterson may need to lose little pounds, though, too. I think he's a little on the heavy side there. But, yeah. but you know. they, they, let, they let Panda, you know, Pablo Sandoval, you know, play forever with them. So. <laughs> That's true, but if Jock starts getting hurt playing in the outfield out there, you know, back injuries or things of that nature, I, I, we're going to start talking about we need to maybe get you on a little bit of a, a pound restriction, just a little right. bit. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a special um, player's diet type thing. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I kind of tend to agree. I mean, you, you obviously want your players to be in the best physical shape possible, and uh, and that's something that I'm sure that they'll discuss, but I think Jock Peterson's worth um, taking the risk on that. Yeah, I would agree on that one. Um, speaking of, we're almost there. We're almost at 700. That's right. A player that I never thought I was ever going to live to see another 700. Or, I'm sorry. I never thought I was going to have him hit 700. I thought he was going to well retire before that, um, especially towards the end of those angel seasons. Albert Poolhouse is now at 697. Are the Cardinals playing tonight? I think they're they off are tonight. not. No, they have the game off today. They have 21 games left. He needs three more for 700. So he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's got, you know, one homer every seven games. He's well above that pace right now. So, um, yeah, he's um, I, I don't think he's going to catch uh, Babe Ruth this season. Uh, he needs to <laughs> he needs to get to 714 to tie Babe Ruth. I don't think he's going to get there. But, um, yeah, he's uh, he's 700 is looking mighty, mighty uh, close right now. That's so cool, man. I don't know how many more players we're going to see hit 700. Like maybe judge, maybe judge is older than you'd think he is though. Um, so that's he's, true. Yeah. I mean, right now just briefly about uh, Aaron judge, he's got 55 this year. He's on pace for 63, which would be the American league record. Um, and they, and he also has 21 games left. So, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he probably has eight more in him. I think, you know, I think he could get to that 63 total. Um, oh, what yeah. do you guys? I th- yeah. I, yeah I, I think he could do that. Yeah, especially now that um, the Yankees have to actually play meaningful baseball. Um, yeah, so wow, well, crazy. They're, yeah, they've they that far fallen. down. They're, um, I mean, they still have a five and a half game lead on the uh, on the Rays, but I mean, they're like like you're you're trying to. Um, you might be able to catch the Astros if the Astros get a little cold right now. So, I mean, that that one seed is is there for the taking if you if they get their shit back together so we'll see yeah it should be interesting um another guy who could probably hit it is trout trout is now seven games with seven home runs in a row so he's got a little nice little mini streak going on there so i think he's probably a guy that maybe could threaten the 700 range in my opinion maybe maybe um breaking news real quick uh, apparently russell wilson was booed in seattle when he got there <laughs> yeah he okay. got booed on the field and then he also got booed when he took the field uh, for the actual game too so i, I believe it yeah okay back to baseball <laughs> uh but yeah you, you wanted to touch base on some uh, some rule changes we got going on here i'm very curious sam touched yep. on it with me this weekend a little bit so i want to kind of hear more of it all right so first uh, first major rule change is uh, MLB will be instituting a pitch clock. Um, so uh, the pitcher will have 20 seconds to throw a pitch with runners on 15 seconds without runners. And they can check, like they can check a runner throw over to first base twice per at bat um, before they, um, uh, before they have to go to the plate. I mean, um, so, so that's, uh, they're trying to speed up the game. And that's one of the things that um, has been obviously been, talk to death about um there was actually i saw um i actually 
uh, tweeted it out from our um, our uh, SVT Sports Pod Twitter account. Uh, one of the, um, I think it's the Rockies AAA um, uh, uh, play, uh, play-by-play announcer. He actually talked about how the pitch clock has affected the minor leagues. And it sounds like he's actually for it if it gets actually called because um, they were like really strict with it at one point. And then they kind of like fell off a bit and then they started like getting serious about it again. And so when it was, you know, serious and when they were actually enforcing it, it sounded like it was actually uh, keep moving the pace along. So I, do, I don't know if I totally like limiting the amount of pickoff attempts you can do, but I get it. And so um, they're trying to encourage steals and things like that. So Sam made a good point, though, that like there's a lot of commercials in a game that's already slow. I feel like you can keep the commercials, but just pin the commercial to the side and keep baseball rolling. You know, we don't need to. I don't think pitchers need to warm up, you know, 15 seconds before every single inning starts because we got to get back to live TV here. Well, I mean, it's not just the pitchers doing warm up pitches. I mean, they they have built in like two minutes and 25 seconds in between innings. I think mm-hmm. you can you can lose one of those commercials because um, the commercials are literally two minutes and then you have, you know, 10 seconds on either side for like introing and exiting uh, into and out of coverage. So you can lose one of those commercials. Um, uh, the pitchers, they, they only get five pitches to warm up in between innings. If they're brand new into the game, they get eight. So, I mean, there's not much of a difference there. It doesn't take that long to throw five warm up pitches. So I actually, right. I, I do agree with that. That would be another way to speed I think, the game up. I think we but did the, the math. You know, we did the math on um, how many mi- how how many minutes it is of commercials. It was like what thirty minutes or thirty eight minutes or something like that. It was something like that. Yeah, it was it, it was a lot of uh, time spent on commercials. You know, like, why so, can't we just pin it to the side and just keep I agree. the game going? I've been arguing yeah. for years that the problem with baseball and commercials is presentation. Is it's the presentation you, you need to have what the NFL is doing with, with the Manning brothers and how they're, they're watching a game and they're just talking to different people. Um, the, you know, the A's and giants should, should do something like this where, you know, you got, um, for me, they got Dallas Braden totally miscast as a color commentator. To me, I would totally do a Dallas Braden watching an A's game but it's not necessarily play by play. It would be Dallas Braden with, uh, you know, s- other baseball players like the yeah. Manning cast bringing on. Well, this yeah, guy he, ha- was great at MLB network when he was on MLB. Was Minute, yep. He was amazing. He was killing it. That's what the A's need to put Dallas Braden in as an alternative to the, the play by play. And that's no slight uh, to Glenn Kuyper. Um, or is it Mel Kuyper? Which one? No, do it's you Glenn. Have? It's, it's Glenn. Glenn. Okay. Yeah. You know, and you're no thinking slight... Dwayne. You're thinking Dwayne, Dwayne Kuyper okay, yeah. does the uh, Giants. Mel Kuyper <laughs> is, the, is the, the guy that the does NFL the draft. draft. The NFL um, draft. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's no it's no uh, knock against him. I just think baseball needs to evolve in its presentation. And you know, speaking about A's, because you know, I still watch A's baseball. Is Dallas Braden has a great personality that was once on national media. And it would create a buzz for the A's. And I think all teams would eventually should start doing this, but don't impact the game with outside forces like soccer. You play the game, yeah. you know, you play the game and and hockey does a really great job of this too. Yep. Hockey might be the best at it actually. Right. Um, But um, uh, so what do you think about the pitch clock that's coming, Sam? Let's let's, let's circle back to the the pitch clock clock is, is out of these rules is the only, only one that I really don't like um, okay. because the rules are already in place. You know, they're the umpire has a rule book where you can't, if you're a hitter, you can't walk around and, you know, do the Nomar Garcia para thing. There are rules. Hey, speed it up. Come on. And I think it needs to be taught at the, you know, uh, minor league level, the collegiate level. They do it in, in little league. Where hey, you strike out, you ground out, get, you know, get your ass off the field. You know, yeah. I think it needs to be taught from early to the middle leagues, college, minors. Is 
you know, you're out or you're, you're coming up to bat, you know, hurry up, you know, hurry up. Um, so rules are already in place. Um, I don't really mind the, the throwover rule because it, it seems like every time I go to a game, there's like something going on where this guy is throwing over six or seven times. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, man, come on. You know, he's going to try to steal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, you know, I will so say it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Punishment is um, uh, for the, if, if a pitcher is the one that uh, violating the pitch clock, it's um, it's a uh, punished by a ball. If it's a batter that pun that uh, ruins the, you know, that does the thing, it's a punishment of a strike. So um, I don't know if I like that part of it. I think I would rather have them be fined, but also like, I mean, that could, uh, what sort of fine do you set that would be a deterrent? Because if you, it, it, it feels really, you know, whatever. So I guess I don't like it, but I'm, I'm accepting it because we have to, there's, it's happening. So get ready, you know? Yeah. Um, the next rule that's coming into effect is they are putting a restriction on the shift. So you're going to have all four infielders must be, um, no further back than the edge of the dirt and grass. They have to have their feet on the dirt. If there's, if they're playing back, um, they can play forward if they're trying to chase down a bunt or whatever, that's fine, but they can't be any further back than the edge of the dirt and the grass on the infield. And two players must be on uh, each side of second base. So if you are going to be shifting, that shortstop cannot cross onto the other side of second base before the pitch is thrown. So, uh, so I mean, you can shade over towards second base, but you, and, but you still have to have your feet on the dirt and you still can't cross second base. Um, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, yeah. The only reason why is because I'm tired of seeing batting averages of 206, 215, yeah. 209, you know, yeah, I, like I, I want to really, watch baseball. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can legit see some left fielders add 20, 25, 30 points under the batting average like overnight, this is going to make left-handed batters a lot more valuable, I think, going forward. Um, so, hello, Matt Olson. Yeah, right. <laughs> God, <laughs> I, what I, would, I like what would be like to have a first baseman like that? You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I like this rule. I think it's a good rule. Um, I think it's a fair compromise of, of you know, shift, ban the shift. You know, I, I, I think we knew something like this was on the way. Um, but I, I think it's a good compromise. Yeah, I, I think it speeds I, I it speeds things up. Um, you're gonna see some batting averages go up. So I, I it's good. I like that one. Next rule. Next rule. Okay. Next rule is the bases are going to be enlarged. They're going from 15 inches to 18 inches. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm good with that. It's gonna be the difference between you know safe and out when you're stealing second base this is all in an attempt to make the game more exciting right and so if you don't have to run 90 feet you only have to run 89 feet now because the bases are a little bit larger on either side you know i mean it might make that that's a lot of these plays are really close that might make the difference between somebody who's fast that um does go for a base and doesn't go for a base so um nobody's touching ricky henderson's stolen base mark so I'm not worried no. about about the integrity of the game from that standpoint. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I'd love to see more action on the bases, and that's what that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to pick up the pace, and they're trying to make it a little more exciting. And um, if it works, then I'm I'm all for it. You know, I'm I'm willing to try anything. Baseball is the the worst at trying to be like like at modernizing, mm -hmm. and so so if. If the if the clock doesn't end up working, fine. Get rid of the clock later and try something else. But you got to do something, and and it seems to have worked for the most part in minor leagues when they've enforced it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't hate it. You know, I don't hate it. Um, you know, they're saying it, it also helps with like injuries uh, or preventing injuries. Um, you know, so guys colliding into, into each other at like second base, uh, kind of gives a little bit more spacing around the base paths. Um, so I, I do think it's going to impact, uh, like we saw a couple plays, the, the A's had some like, uh, you know, close plays at first, 
So you'll probably see uh, a lower batting average for certain people uh, on the, on the specific bang, bang plays at like first base where guys are trying to beat out, um, you know, a, a ground ball or something. So you, those are like for sure outs now. <laughs> um, so I see it that way, but I think it does promote the stolen base, which is one of the most exciting plays in baseball. So I do, I do like that. Um, so, Hey, they're in my opinion, they're, they're two for three on rule changes, you know, so they're, they're batting three thirty three over here. So that's not too bad. The, the, the other thing that kind of sucks about MLB about why the hell did you release this week one of the NFL? Like who, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. You're a bunch of clowns. Yeah. You, like, you're isn't, getting... isn't the uh, commissioner, the former marketing guy, wasn't he the guy that like was hired for marketing to modernize baseball and you release this week one of the NFL? You're an, you're an idiot. You're knuckleheads. Yeah, this gets this got buried. And I mean, I'm glad we're spending the time on it. And, you know, a, a bunch of like local radio, they talk about it, you know, the day it happened. Um, uh, they t But they talked about it briefly and they were right back to NFL because it's week one of the NFL and football is fucking king in America. So you had a golden opportunity to release this because the NFL is doing this thing. There's the preseason and then a bye week and then week one. You could have released it on that bye week and created a little bit of buzz for yourself. And you could have had all the baseball pundits and blah, 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 talking about this for like a solid few days. Um, and you just, you just gave me a nothing burger. Yep. You oh, sat on your balls, just squashed them, man. So <laughs> are you shocked? Maybe though? they're batting I mean, baseball. Four. <laughs> baseball lives in the dark ages, man. They, they, they just finally, uh, Finally got cable television in the, in the network building there. They live. It's like they just got Wi-Fi. <laughs> they just got internet. You know, it's like whoa. <laughs> uh, I can't expect much from them. No. <laughs> All right. Um. Last point on baseball. Um. Is uh, Major League Baseball is prepared to recognize the minor league players' attempts to unionize and Ma Major League Baseball Players Association will be acting as the minor league players representatives uh, in all negotiations going forward. So good for them. I think baseball saw the writing on the wall that this is going to happen. Um, there's no point in trying to do the, the union busting anti-union um, all of that stuff, because you know, you'll have to deal with the national labor relations board and all that other um, stuff. And you could delay it maybe by a year, but in the end, you're just going to create a ton of bad press and then you'll still have to do it anyway. So I think baseball, to their credit for a change, saw the writing on the wall and said, yeah, let's, um, uh, I'm, we're ready to recognize the minor league players union, um, but they still have to negotiate some stuff. So, um, And unions have, unions are gaining more and more popularity as uh, working conditions for, for people in our country are, working conditions are falling apart you know, pay, you know, with all this inflation, you know, we're all tired of hearing about inflation and, you know, this COVID stuff, you know, but it, it's impacted the the workforce so bad that uh, it was Amazon has like two factories that are going to go pro union. Starbucks is dealing with a, a couple of their shops going union. Yeah. Actually um, one in Hayward is going, is, is trying to unionize. They'll yeah, be like the so, 40th. So yeah. Um, so it's, it, it, it's an issue across not an issue, but it's a wave. It's a, it's a movement. And I think baseball, I mean, it's being unions are being supported by politicians now where for a long time we had politicians that didn't support unions. You know, I mean, a, a lot of that, you know, we, we, you know, in California, we had a lot of politicians that did not support uh, unions. So now to see um, politicians support unions, um, I think I think MLB saw the writing on the wall and they need to try to do something to get ahead of it. Um, well, I mean, you when know. you have the A's who minor league team is getting fire fest type of food and treatment like that, um, definitely the writing was in the wall and the A's were a prime example. And there was other organizations and I can just call them out. They're just the easiest ones to call out. But, but yeah, good. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Good for the minor leaguers. You know, it sucks sitting on a bus when you're traveling and, you know, 
not getting the the a the a plus conditions that the pros get so i'm all for them getting a union all right um i think that brings an end to baseball talk uh we had one extra point uh we just wanted to recognize that um all games in uh, the united kingdom all soccer games uh, were postponed after the death of queen elizabeth ii um uh, obviously that's uh it, it I mean, she doesn't really affect sports that much, but I mean, for soccer, obviously that's their queen. That's somebody that is on all of their fucking money. So um, it's, you know, it's something that affects soccer and they've decided to um, postpone the games that happened this past weekend. And actually, I think there's three more games that are happening this week that are going to be postponed as well. So, um, the, the, the last bit of nugget that I want to throw in there is that the framework for the NBA in-season tournament has come out. Um, they're going to do the cup games through November, eight teams advance to a single elimination final in December. And then the other 22 continue the regular season, all games, part of the normal 82 uh, game schedule, one extra for two final teams for the in-season tournament. So that the in-season tournament allows those two teams to play 84 games instead of 82, which I don't really know about that, but eh, that's whatever. I mean, I, how do you know who's going to, you know, play those extra, like, uh, like for, you know, teams that are in the final eight or whatever, do they still have to play even after they lose to make up for those games that, I mean, how's so, so that the tournament is supposed to be a part of the schedule. And so they're allowing, and I'm, my guess is that they're allowing like, um, maybe a, a four day buffer in between where like those two teams can play the final two games. Um, and then they kind of just catch up with everyone else after that. But yeah, it's a little weird. I mean, we'll I'll, I'll, I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah. 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 I mean, and this happens at the end of the year. No, it's mid season no, in November and it ends in December. The tournament is from November to, to December. So it's early season actually. Oh uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, you're going to get like, you know, 20 games in and that's when the season's going to, the tournament's going to start. So whoever wins the tournament is guaranteed a playoff spot. You know, I, I will have to look into it more. I don't know. From what I'm reading, it's just that eight teams advance to a single elimination final of the uh, in-season tournament in December. The other 22 continue with the regular season. So I don't think it guarantees you a playoff. I, I mean, that would make sense. I don't know if it does. What's Maybe the it guarantees to be you one of the eight teams? Does it say that? Like, how do they pick the eight teams? I, I think they go off your best record. Okay. The top so, eight teams. That's so. I don't know. We have to look into it more. But just like off the top of my head, if if I'm the Warriors and I won the play-in tournament, I'm benching everybody. Like, why? If I'm guaranteed a playoff spot, I don't you think know? you are. I think okay. the in-season <laughs> tournament is just extra money for the players, extra excitement for the league. I don't uh, think you get a shoe in for the playoffs in June. I don't think that's how it works out. Okay. Um, anything I got else? One nugget. Yeah, vote you, you yes on all legal complaints. <laughs> <laughs> twenty six uh, and twenty seven. There's well, twenty six. Well, vote yes. Just gamble. Uh, yeah, we're um, we might have to do a, a deeper dive into those as as they come up. Uh, that's actually a good point. Um, because uh, I'm excited to bring sports gambling into California, but also I think that we need to make sure we do it the right way and not screw over the tribes because you know. Uh, Whitey's been screwing over the tri- uh, tribes for you know 400 years. So let's let's make oh. sure we do it. But let's make sure we do it. I, in a, I read in somewhere right that way. they could both pass. They could. And they could both pass. So the 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 tribes could still have like gambling at at the casinos. And if 27 passes, then you know you could well, gamble on your phone. The thing about 26, I think that um, there's language in it that bars anything, any uh, sports get, sports betting outside of um, their casinos and, and horse racing tracks. So yeah, right. that's part of that's part of the give and take that I think we have to dive deeper into. But I think that it has to be um, a subject for another time. Well, uh, breaking news we real quick. Breaking news. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. TJ Watt's pec injury isn't expected to require surgery, and he will not miss the season. Will return in six weeks. Six week injury instead of a uh, year long. She's that's ending. that's oh. uh, that's good news for Pittsburgh and all their fans. Um, yeah. 
All right, fellas. I think uh, now's the time. Vince, you want to sign us off here? Sounds great. All right. You can follow us on social media, SVT Sports Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We are on YouTube now. Check us out, SVT Sports Pod. And send us an email, questions, comments, uh, fun little videos of the Savannah Bananas doing all kinds of dances and shit. Send it to us, svtsportspod at gmail.com. We look forward to interacting with you. Please slide into our DMs. All right, fellas. You guys have a good night. Good night. All right.